Good evening, everyone. I'm Mark, and this is E3, and we are continuing our journey uh, in the series Unleashed, where we are looking at the Holy Spirit and um, seeing the power of the Holy Spirit and how we can release that Holy Spirit in our lives. I was wondering, have you uh, ever read a scripture that, that just inspired you to create create a song or, or, or artwork or, or something like that? I know some of you have. Yeah, there we go. Um, I, I had that this week, um, and I created this. I call it Genesis 1-1. No, seriously, let me read it for you. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. You can see it, can't you? And darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And I was just uh, struck, we've been in this series about the Holy Spirit and talking about the Holy Spirit indwelling us and we talked about Pentecost and all of those different kinds of things. We talked about the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, but that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead also created the heavens and the earth. I was so taken with my artwork that I actually made a reproduction for each and every one of you on your fridge fold. And uh, um, after the staff worked really hard, we actually made it a, a, a scratch and sniff. You can, you can scratch it. it. Smells just like the Holy Spirit. Go ahead, try But the, but the idea of, of, of this, this power, the Holy Spirit, one thing that this communicates to me is this limited, unbuffered, just kind of presence of God. There, there's nothing holding the Holy Spirit back. And that's really where we come to, right? That, that we don't exist in this realm. That we all have different things in our lives. Pastor Dan talked about last week in 2 Timothy where uh, he read the scripture, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. And that's, that's the leash, right? That's the fear. That's being timid. That before sin and brokenness came into the world, there was this vast, unbuffered relationship with God. That, that from this point, we had God and woman and man walking together and fellowshipping. And it wasn't until a break in the relationship that there was fear. You remember what happened? That, that God came for his daily walk with Eve and Adam. And he's like, where are you guys? And they replied, we're hiding. He says, why? Because we're afraid. It was the first time that fear entered into the story of God, into the gospel. And they were, they were afraid and they were also timid, right? Because they put on fig leaves. 
strategically placed fig leaves. Why did they do that? Because they were timid, that they, 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 they were ashamed of their nakedness that previously did not matter. But that's not the way it was originally meant to be. That wasn't the vision that, that, that the Spirit of God is to give us power and love and, and self-discipline. And unfortunately, our, our artwork, our, our masterpiece is, gets a blemish because of this fear. And I think for a lot of us, this fear takes shape. in something called the comfort zone. You know the comfort zone? Yes, Yes, you know the comfort zone. I know the comfort zone. It seems like a lot of us, you know, it seems that that's the goal is to get to the comfort zone. The comfort zone can look like a lot of different things. Comfort zone could be a certain amount of money in the bank or a certain amount of gas in your gas tank. A comfort zone can be, you know, new locks on your home or, or a new cell phone number. A comfort zone can, can be a relationship either gone away or a relationship that makes you feel safe, that makes you feel complete. A comfort zone can have all sorts of shapes and sizes. A comfort zone can be the school that you are in or your workplace or maybe even your career or your position. It takes a lot of different places in our life. But the reality is with a lot of comfort zones that it's not really comfort, it's a fig leaf. It, it, is, it is something that, that hides our fear, that, it, that it, it, it is our comfort zone because it's comfortable, because it lacks anxiety, it lacks the unknown. The only problem with the comfort zone is that it removes us from the wide open spaces of grace, the, the, the wide open spaces of mystery that, that happens outside of our control. The problem with, the comfort, with a comfort zone is that it is only as big and only as powerful as you can imagine. And that, I believe, is not what God has envisioned for us. He's envisioned so much more. In fact, Paul talks about this in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. He's, uh, he's talking to the church in Ephesus, and he says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. 
then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes through God. We will become fully human, that we will remove these barriers between us and our Creator and our God. And then in 320, there's this next statement that Paul makes, and it just blows me away. It says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power and work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or I probably would not have been so blown away with this, with this last scripture if the period was after ask. Infinitely more than we might ask. Okay, because that could be timid, right? That we'd be afraid to ask. But, but even to think something so large that, that our mortal minds, our human minds cannot even imagine it. And to me, this is the reason behind following Christ, that this is what we signed up for, right? Because if we wanted a life of the mundane, if we wanted a a life of the natural, if we wanted a life that we control, we can do that without God. We don't need God to live an everyday life in the comfort zone. But we do need God if we want a life that exists where the magic happens. I was really captivated by this this idea to accomplish infinitely more than we would ask or, or even think. And I was wondering, you know, how, how could I kind of illustrate this in, in a way to kind of impress upon you the, the, the impact that it had on my life? And, and last weekend I was in Portland, and I don't know uh, about you, but when, when you travel, one of, the, one of the hard things when you travel is you don't know where to eat. And you're like, you don't know the local hangouts. You don't know all the little nuanced places. And, and what ends up happening a lot is people end up going to places like Applebee's. You see, Applebee's here in Tallahassee is the same as Applebee's in Portland or wherever you want to go. In fact, the culinary equivalent of the comfort zone to me is Applebee's, right? You know what you're going to get. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be bad. It's just Applebee's. Right, it's you know, it's it's elevator music. It's it's it, you know, it's a tempered bath. You know, it's it's seventy two degrees. It's nothing. It just is. So my mom and my wife Shannon and I were there in in Applebee or not at Applebee's, but in Portland, and we're like, where should we eat? And then my mother did something that horrified. She out me. Don't you hate that? 
when your mom, you know, out texts you, she's all like, she whips out her iPhone, right? She's all, well, I'm just going to yelp. And I was like thinking, what, they have a large print edition of Yelp? You know, what, what, what's the deal there, right? And, and so not to be outdone, I, I, I uh, whip out my, my Android because I'm a follower of Christ. <laughs> and, I, and I start looking at Yelp too, and, and we're yelping back and forth, you know, restaurants, and, you know, we're starting, you know, we're trying to find all these things, and then it was, it was like it was meant to be, it was uh, predestined that, that we both see this, uh, this beautiful, unique place at the same time. It was called Koi Fusion, and it was it had all of these reviews, and, and we started reading it, and it was confusing. You see, Koi Fusion was a Korean immigrant's uh, restaurant, but it was a Mexican food restaurant. And all the reviews, you couldn't even make sense of it. It was like they were speaking in tongues and you didn't have anyone to interpret. And we were so intrigued with this and we decided we were going to go find this Koi Fusion. So we drove around and around and, and we finally, after asking several people, we found it and we got there. And sure enough, on this little stand, it wasn't even a restaurant, you couldn't sit down or anything, of this stand, they had on there that you could get burritos. You could get tacos, you could get nachos, and you could get quesadillas. <laughs> or a quesadilla, I guess. But all the things that went in it was from his native homeland. You could only get like kimchi in your burrito and, and tofu, and, and bean sprouts, and, 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 you know, Korean short ribs, and, and all of this stuff. And I knew I was not at Applebee's. And I took a bite of my, my, my uh, uh, kimchi, tofu, bean sprout burrito. And I said, Wow, this is infinitely more than I would have ever might ask or even thought about. I had no idea there was a place on this earth. I, if I would have thought about it, I would have figured it was in Portland where, where a Korean man came to our country and fell in love with Mexican kind of cuisine and, and, and as a vehicle and made this beautiful fusion. And that's really the difference, right? The comfort zone is it, where a lot of us live is, is, is Applebee's and we, we get that and, and, and it's nice and it's predictable. But at Applebee's, you're never going to get a kimchi burrito. Now, is it true that you're probably not going to have you know, horrific experience or get lost or killed at, at Applebee's or get, you know, you're probably less likely to get food poisoning at Applebee's. Yeah. 
And if, we, if the, the, the draw of the safety net of knowing that what it's going to be brings you in, that's all you're ever going to experience. But for those reckless few, those few that want to take a step out into a place where there are no guarantees, but there is infinitely more than you would ever think to ask or even think about, there is something more. But the question is, for those of us whose culinary experience has been limited to Applebee's, how do, we, how do we take a step out from the comfort zone? How do we get from the comfort zone to where the magic happens? And culinary for us, it was Yelp. But what about spiritually? Well, I think Paul gives us a clue about that in Romans chapter 15. In verse 13, he says this, I pray that God, the source of hope, Here's our first clue, the source of hope. The Holy Spirit, who's our source of hope, will fill us completely with joy and peace. You see, I don't believe spiritually you can be here without this. This leap is impossible. But once you experience the hope and you are filled with the joy of being reunited with your Savior and with the God who created us, and you experience that peace that transcends all understanding, then because you trust him, you'll be able to take a step from that comfort zone into a place where the magic happens. Paul puts it this way, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is as as the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given, there's two real types of of gifts from the Holy Spirit. There's positional gifts, and then there's service-type gifts. The positional gifts, um, Paul lists those out in Ephesians 4 and verse 11. He says, now there's these gifts Christ gives to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Now, I know a lot of times when, you know, we're not, you know, really uh, in-depthly, you know, rooted in church, we kind of like wonder, not, or different church traditions uh, give a hierarchy to, to different ones of these things. So I just wanted to take a moment to talk about the positional things of, of the gifts of the, of the, to the church. First, the apostles. The apostles are the ones who are sent. When Christ commissioned the disciples they became the apostles. And, and basically, in my mind, it's easiest to kind of understand what an apostle is. If you think about, um, 
you know, a general or an admiral. You have the commander-in-chief, um, President Obama, and he has his generals and his admirals and things like that, right? And, and he gives missions uh, to them. As the commander-in-chief, he sends out them to complete a mission. Apostle is one who is sent to complete a mission, and that's the apostles. Um, then there's prophets. Prophets are divine messengers, usually talking about something in the future. Most, you know, this is what I consider probably like the worst job as the, as the gifts go, because usually nobody likes you if you're a prophet, because usually you're a truth teller, and, and you, you uh, if you're not a truth teller, then you get stoned, not like stoned, but like they throw rocks at you. And uh, so you got to be right. And uh, people just believe me after being a pastor for over 10 years, people just don't want to hear the truth. And uh, so you got your prophets. The next is the evangelist. And evangelists, I think evangelists have got a bad rap because of like TV evangelists. Yeah, yeah, you know, most people think evangelists, they think with somebody with a bad comb over and like white uh, leather soft shoes, you know, and you know, they're like, I want to heal you and, 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 and stuff like that. That's not an evangelist. Uh, uh, actually, evangelist, uh, it gets its root word um, that we get the word gospel for. And uh, the gospel, as we've been talking about, is the full story of God. The story of Israel all the way to completion uh, with the second coming of Christ and the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And, and an evangelist is someone who wants to invite people into that story, into a relationship with a loving God. Evangelists do kind of crazy things that a lot of other people don't really quite understand. I, I resonate with this gift. Um, not because I'm balding or have, you know, a, a, a bad choice in shoes and things like that, but I just, I love to invite people to the banquet. I love to invite people into a relationship with God. And it takes a lot of different forms. And that's why, uh, like last Friday, I had an amazing opportunity, uh, I felt, to uh, go to something in Railroad Square called the Blessing of the Bikes, uh, one of the organizers contacted me and they said, hey, would you come down on Friday and, and be part of this, uh, uh, this event where, where you bless the bikes and, and the riders um, for the year to come? And I said, oh, yeah, you know, that, that sounds really good. And she's like, great. Um, I need to tell you one thing, though. And I just want to let you know if if somebody invites you somewhere or to do something and then after you accept, then they say, oh, wait, there's something you need to know, it's usually not a good sign. But so she's all like, I, I'm so glad because um, we, can't find, we haven't been able to find a pastor to come and, and give the blessing. And I'm like, well, well, why not? And they're like, well, they get freaked out when they hear that there's going to be Wiccans and, and a witch and, and uh, Hare Krishna up there with you. And they're like, she's like, is that a problem? And I'm like, well, not for me, you know, maybe for them, but not for, not for me. Like, that sounds interesting. You know, I'm always looking for unique experiences and, and things like that. And so I uh, told my son, I said, hey, we're going to be going down and doing this. You want to come? And he's all like, uh, okay. You know, and so they actually had a ride in uh, going on 
beforehand. So I'm like, okay, let's do the ride in. So we got in in our uh, our biking gear, right? I'm like, we're cyclists, so we we wear spandex. Okay, I know I'm 42 years old, and you don't want to hear that, and definitely don't want to visualize it. But so we get on our spandex and our our red eye cycling jerseys, and we show up. And everybody was gracious because no one else was in spandex or, or, or cycling jerseys and stuff. So we load up and we start riding through Frenchtown down to, uh, riding down to, uh, Railroad Square. And like, then we roll in and like these guys start yelling, going like, hey, Power Rangers and, and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, you know, cool. And then I figured, I thought the Power Rangers were there and I didn't realize it was us. And, uh, so, so we get up there and, and, you know, it's this, you know, just this beautiful collision of, of, of all these different, you know, just types of beautiful people. And, and so they're like, okay, go on stage. And, you know, I was, I was, I gotta tell you, I was a little disappointed the witch didn't have a pointy hat, but you know, it is what it is. And, uh, so we're sitting there and, looking around and just kind of hanging out. All these people start coming with their, with their bikes and, and all these, you know, interesting bikes. And, you know, they have, uh, you know, they, they, but the scene's more like, you know, skinny jeans, not like super skinny, like my spandex, but like, you know, and that kind of thing. And, and so people start giving their, their blessings. And I quickly noticed that the Hare Krishna guy had these bongos and every time, like, he affirmed something that somebody said, he would go, like, on his bongos. It was like a Christian, like, amen, or preach on, brother, or something like that. At least that's how, that's how I interpret it. So, so when it was my turn to get up, I was, like, thinking I was going to get some, you know, support bongo amens and everything. I was pretty excited about it. So I get up there, and I kind of make my, my first, uh, you know, just kind of, like, mention, and I'm thinking... This is sad, I know, but I'm just going to share it with you. I'm a pastor, yeah, but but I like to be affirmed once in a while, even if it is from the Hare Krishna guy. So so I made this, you know, like what I felt was a reasonably strong, you know, like point about love or something like that, and and I kind of waited. I I, I kind of paused a little bit, waiting for my bongo affirmation, my bongo amen. It didn't come. Oh, I like Sarah. Like you're 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 giving me a pitiful, uh, but but I was sad, you know, and and uh, so I went through my whole thing and got no bongo thing. Everybody else did, you know. Which, but um, so I got to pray, and then I listened to the other people, and I got to tell you, it it's not often that I go to a place where I'm the most conservative one, and uh, but it was definitely that day, and it was. But it was such a beautiful event, and something struck me. Something struck me that if I would not have been there, and I I don't think I could ever say this about any other time in my life, if I didn't leave my comfort zone and, and, and go, that the gospel wouldn't have had an ambassador that day. And... Not that, you know, we baptized 3,000 people. We didn't baptize anybody or, or anything like that. But just to have the opportunity to be there and, and to be accepted and to be loved, it was a very just cool event. And that's, that's what 
really makes the evangelist's heart beat a little bit faster. Then you have a pastor. I think about Pastor Dan. He is a great pastor. He's a, he's a caregiver and a protector of those who are in the body of Christ. That, that, that those are the kind of things that makes his heart beat a little bit faster. And then like teachers, you know, I think about Eric Case. When you, like, you know, like when you think of somebody, everybody has a mind's eye picture of somebody in, in, their, in their mind. When I think about Eric Case... He is always wearing a, a, a corduroy brown blazer with, like, light patches on it. That's just like I think of Eric Case. I, I don't even think he owns such a thing. But, like, the dude is so learned and, and smart, and, and he's such a teacher, right? When, you know, you know, like, when Pastor Dan teaches, you're going to get, you know, some care, you know, loving kind of t- message. And, you know, when Eric comes, you're going to learn more about, you know, Jewish history and all this kind of stuff. But, but that's one of the beauty things about this gift is it, it connects the story of God into where we are today and encourages us to go forward. So those are, those are the gifts. And in verse 12, we're told why these gifts are given. In verse 12, it says, their responsibility is to equip God's people, us, to do his work and build up the church the body of Christ, to build up the church. Why? So we have huge steeples? No. So we can go out and be the conduit of God's love and mercy. And this will continue until Christ comes back and the kingdom comes. Then there's the service gift, the gifts that are given uh, for us to, to serve. And we're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. But the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. And then we're told why these gifts are given. This is why God gives each and every one who's a follower of Christ a gift. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. And then he goes in and he talks about different gifts. He talks about a gift of of wise advice. And we have people like that who just have wisdom in this church that speak wisdom into my life and who are available to speak wisdom into your life. There's people here who have the gift of special knowledge, that, that they're able to speak into things that they really shouldn't even be able to know. And it's just, it's, it's amazing that there's other people who have a gift of great faith. You know, there's these people that, that they take these steps out of their comfort zone and into where the magic happens on a regular basis or in such ways that it inspires us all. I mean, I always love stories about people, you know, like in Kentucky who, you know, a family in Kentucky wake up and they feel like God has called them out of Kentucky, out of their comfort zone and moved to China and, and to go and love people. And, and you know that their friends are saying, you know, you can't go to China. You know, you don't even speak Chinese. You know, you only speak Kentucky. And, and, but that doesn't matter that they know that, 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 
they've been filled with the God is the source of their hope and they're filled with joy and they have this peace and they trust that they, their ear is so in tune to who God is in their life that they take the step out. You know, we also have these other gifts that will freak the Baptists out, but the gift of healing, performing miracles, prophecy, uh, discernment, speaking in unknown languages, interpretation. You, know, you cannot put a leash on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God, and He dwells in you. And yes, the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead and dwells in you, but also the same Spirit that created the heavens and the earth. That is the same Spirit that also lives in you. So I want to echo the words of Peter. Peter says, if you have the, the gift of speaking, then speak as though God is speaking through you. Speak with that kind of confidence. Take so much ownership in the gift that has been entrusted to you that you communicate it as if God is speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength, not your own strength, but the strength that God provides. In Romans 12, 1, uh, Paul says, look, if you have the, the gift of leadership, take that leadership responsibly. But ultimately, I want to challenge you guys to not take a step out of the comfort zone under your own power, but take a big enough step out of the comfort zone into where the magic happens as much as hope you have joy and peace. And this is what I pray for each and every one of us. It is through God's mighty power at work in us that we will be able to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Basically, I want our faith to be a Korean-Mexican fusion. I want our faith to be a kimchi burrito. Unique and beautiful and powerful and unpredictable. Will you guys pray with me? Dear God, just thank you for this place. God, I just pray that you will inspire us, that you will fill us with your hope and joy and peace, that we will overflow in a confident joy, that we will not settle for Applebee's, but we will seek out unique and bizarre and wonderful and magical culinary creations for your glory and power forever. Amen.